Chapter 11 of The Privilege of Pain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicalia. The Privilege of Pain by Caroline Kane Mills Everett. Chapter 11. Artists. The great painters and sculptors seem to have been strangely healthy and normal. I say that they seem to have been so because of the extreme difficulty of getting any accurate information on the subject. It sounds incredible, but I read A Long Life of Petrarch in which everything was mentioned but his health and only discovered quite accidentally that he had been an epileptic. I am, therefore, convinced that there are many examples I might cite if I could only unearth the truth. Yet, even so, I have been able to ferret out four artists who were physically handicapped. Navarrete, called the Spanish Titian and celebrated under the name El Muro, was dumb. They say that Guercino squinted so badly that he could focus only one eye. Antoine Vatou suffered all his life from tuberculosis, which no doubt accounts for a certain wistful gaiety which characterizes his work. Vatou's position in French art is of unique importance. He became the founder, as the culmination, of a new school which marked a revolt against the pompous classicism of the preceding period. The vitality of his art was due to the rare combination of a poet's imagination with the power of seizing reality. In his treatment of landscape background and the atmospheric conditions surrounding his figures, we find the germ of Impressionism. From the middle of the 18th century until about 1875, Vatu's work fell into disrepute. It was chiefly owing to the efforts of the brothers de Goncourt that a reaction set in, which has slowly carried Vatu to the summit of fame. He died in his 37th year. Audrey Beardsley flashed into fame with black and white drawings of extraordinary originality and beauty. His peculiar technique has been widely imitated, but never approached. After 20 years, his reputation has not yet reached its zenith. Aubrey Beardsley, during the whole of his meteoric career, suffered from consumption. He died at the age of 26. End of chapter 11. Chapter 12. Musicians. One would expect deafness to be an insuperable obstacle to a musician, yet Beethoven produced a large part of his work while handicapped by it, and some of his greatest compositions when his deafness had become complete. Mozart was delicate and subject to fevers. His last work and his best was written just before his death. It was said of Handel, He was never greater than when warned by palsy of the approach of death, and struggling with distress and suffering, he sat down to compose the great works which have made his name immortal in music. Schubert was barely five feet one and walked with a strange shuffling gait. His eyesight was so defective that he slept in his spectacles. He suffered from digestive trouble and died young. So did Chopin, having been an invalid the greater part of his short life. Mendelssohn was very frail and delicate. Karl Maria von Weber was not only ravaged by disease, but also deformed and lame. Paganini, the most extraordinary violinist the world has ever heard, suffered from tysis of the larynx and was constantly ill. The case of Robert Schumann is very curious. He was studying to be a pianist when, in attempting to strengthen his fingers, 
he accidentally paralyzed his right hand. To this apparent misfortune, we owe one of the greatest composers. End of chapter 12